0: Hello and welcome back to First Talk. It is Champions Day, the big season finale. I ask at the weekend, five group ones, a group two and a big competitive handicap. A bit of something for everyone really. On the other end of the line, I'm joined as per usual by a man who, when I text him earlier to sort recording out, he texted me back with something absolutely incomprehensible and <laughs> blamed it on. Wet fingers. <laughs> I hope he's uh, rise up by now. James Watson.
1: Yes, we, we've thawed through f- thoroughly and uh, looking forward to this weekend. Top quality action. Um, perfect way to sort of end the season, Champions Day for many years now. And I'm looking forward to seeing some champions being crowned. Yeah, before we get into
0: that, we, we do need to say a little congratulations and give a little shout out to our, our good friend Paul Callahan who uh, who became a father a fortnight ago uh his little daughter Marade. uh so we just want to say well done paul congratulations mate it's it's great news in what's been a bit of a, a poor year for everyone uh lovely to hear that love to all the families paul's such a top guy top man to work with uh he'll be back on the podcast in, in during the jump season uh so i just wanted to say a little uh congratulations uh to our mate before we get into the racing uh Which will start with the Kipco British Champions Long Distance Cup. Stradivarius. Best price, 11 to 10 on. Would that have been considered a decent price last month? Interesting. Six to one, search for a song. Nine, Sagera Prince. Twelve, Sovereign and Dawn Patrol. Sixteen, Broom, Miranda, Spanish Mission. 18-1 Eighteen to one for Truchan and forty to one, bar them. <sighs> I'm struggling on how to approach this race, James.
1: Yeah, judging by the tone of your voice, you're looking to take various on. Am I right I'm, in saying so? I'm not.
0: Well, I don't know if I am or not. He really should win.
1: Yeah, he can. really should win. I think he i genuinely think he's a certainty <laughs> um i think I think the, the line up for this race is depleted um although all season we've seen that the staying division hasn't been as strong um as in well, has in Stradivarius's reign has he ever come up against a top top class stayer? Do you think he's been very fortunate that this, the staying division hasn't been as strong? Or he's just been far superior. Kew Gardens was good. Yeah. And th- th- that's
0: from a man who was never particularly convinced by Kew Gardens. Until he beat Stradivarius in this race last year. But Kew Gardens was up to scratch. And look, it's, it, the way of the world is that no one wants stayers. Mm. So it ends up that it does tend to be a division with a little bit uh, less strength in depth than other ones. Like staying hurdlers. No-one buys a horse wanting to in a stayers hurdle. And in general, you step up to long-distance trips as a flat horse if you aren't quick enough for middle distances. Mm. You know, Stradivarius, you know, did, did he run in a early one a Gordon, did he? run in a Voltager? Yeah. You know, the reason he's here is because he's not... And they've tried making him into an half-horse this season. The reason he, he's, he's had this career path is because he's not quick enough... Uh, over middle distances, if you think he's a certainty, Jim, he's a very backable price. Is you know, ten to eleven, you're getting better odds there about him than you were for him to win the Goodwood Cup. the got Ascot Gold Cup. This race last season where he got turned over at eight to thirteen, consider him a bet.
1: Yeah, I do. I I managed to sneak a bit of even money this morning, um, as I was doing my prep for this race and. I was trying to find angles to try and get him beat beaten. We've, we've tried it for many years now. Um, the only negative I could possibly say is his record in, of winning this race isn't necessarily that good. We've only seen him win it in 2018. Uh, he was beat by Kew Gardens in 2019 and he was third in 2017 behind Order of St. George and Tortador. All of it, that was a very hot renewal in comparison to what it is now. That's the only negative I can, I can think of. Because if you, if you go down the other horses that are in the market, search for a song uh, we saw last time, when her win back-to-back uh, Irish St. Ledgers, uh, beating Fajera Prince, who also lines up here. Um, my question for Search for a Song and Fajera Prince is will two-mile at Ascot stretch them on softish ground? I think they might struggle. I'm not 100% on stamina with them. Um, for Jira Prince, uh, I think we will reverse the form we Search for a Song this time. I think he got softened up a bit by uh, Sovereign and Twilight Payment last time. He he went with them, and Search for a Song was given a perfect ride by Oshino you know, um, to pick up the pieces late on uh, on the home straight of the car. I just feel like he went. I don't think he went at the wrong time because I think that only did what he had to do to win the race I just feel like Search for a Song had a bit more of that pace and I do think that Fajera Prince is a, a, more of a galloper and I do think two miles will suit him a lot more than Search for a Song we then go back to Sovereign who well how do you solve a problem like Sovereign who knows which what's going to turn up after last year's Irish Derby winner um, we then didn't see him until uh, in June in the vintage crop where he was he was never really in the race, he was dropped out last and ran on well and he's, he, he ran in that dismal King George um, and then last time you would have possibly have liked to have seen a bit more from him over a mile and six and he just never really showed it, he weakened fairly quickly having um, set the pace up and been uh, led from the front like like we saw him uh, in that Irish derby and I feel like he's. I couldn't back him at twelve to one, and then we're getting even further down to Dawn Patrol, who needs a massive step up in class. Who he needs a massive step up in class, but I, I'd be more assured that Two Miles will certainly be up his street. I think he's run fairly well in the races that he's been put into. He got pitched into the Irish uh, into the St. Ledger, sorry, where I, I thought he ran with a lot of credit. Credit. He ran on fairly strongly, and he. Um, and he was held up that day, and, and my opinion is I think he should be a bit further forward. I think stamina, really, uh, he's got a good stamina in his pedigree, and I, I, I think that um, he could have been ridden a bit close to the pace. So if there is anything at a price for me, it's Dawn Patrol. Um, I think that soft ground certainly won't be a bother to him, even though a lot of his form is on better ground, uh, and I would quite like to see him be ridden further forward than what he normally is. Um he's normally weighted with towards the back to use his turn of pace. But I think he showed last time when he beat Barrington Court, he put his head down and he used his turn of pace, but he also had a bit of grit and determination to him. And I just feel like he's probably the only other one for me at a price um, to be back in each way.
0: That's fair enough, Jim. I'm more interested in the other uh, O'Brien horse down the field. Broome's fascinating stepping up to two miles. Only seen him out this season in the Coronation Cup where again he's he just looked a little bit slow over the trip. I thought I'd have thought they'd have tried to make him into a Melbourne Cup horse. Uh, interesting that he's still here. I can see why they're trying this, although it wouldn't be a betting proposition for me. Look, Stradivarius should win, but. The arc was a hard race, and it was a strange race. And correct me if I'm wrong, is he the first one we'll see out? That yeah, ride, I think so. You know, only a fort, fortnight after less than a fortnight, up to two miles after that that long chomp on heavy ground. On all one form, he should win. But I think there's another potential group on in search or a song. You know... She she was running decently over inadequate trips before being stepped back up to her best trip and came, doing the double in the Irish ledger last time. Uh, I have fully respect for Jared Prince like he Jim, but I don't I don't quite see why he could re, uh, return the form. Certain songs, Older the brothers is a, is as much of a boat as they ever come. Falcon 8. you know. So I think I think she's worth. Worth another try at this trip. I've, it's interesting, this market. <laughs> it's trying to drift back out to Evens. I mean, look, it's minor, isn't it, 11 to 10. I don't quite think I'd have any mods on where this might be the hardest staying race he'll come up against in the season. At a bigger price, Jim, a horse who has been doing well this year in staying races, his Spanish mission, and he shouldn't be 16 to 1 to reach the frame here. We know he'll get the trip. In form, currently won the Doncaster Cup, albeit a woeful renewal of that race. Before that, equally as impressive in the Chester Stakes. You know, wasn't a mile off Dashing Willoughby was in Australia at the minute. He won the Caulfield Cup in the Henry II. They pulled well clear of cross-counter and with hold that day. For a horse who we know stays and is probably on, I mean, in terms of bare form probably has the second or third best long-distance form of the trip, 16 to 1. I'll quite take that each way.
1: Yeah, like you said, that Doncaster Cup probably wouldn't have looked out of place around Pontefract or something like that. Um, However, he did do that really well. I do agree with you that 16 to 1 is an insult. I, I had him down when I was looking at this race without the market around 10 to 1. Uh, eight to one. I thought it'd be a lot shorter. And since he's moved to Andrew Balding, he's two out of two, and that's nothing to say that David Symcott wasn't doing a good job with him because he did a tremendous job to um, send him out over to Belmont and pick up a win with him there, and um, he campaigned him well uh, as a as a three year old. But Dave, uh, Andrew Balding's obviously found the key to him, and sixteen to one is is an issue is is a good price. Sorry. Um, my my issue with it was the ground being proper soft. We've never really seen him be tested on soft ground. We saw him on good to soft in at Chester. Um, however, you look at his form, it's all on good. And the fact that they sent him out to America made me think that uh, the better ground would have suited him more. Is that not a negative for you?
0: Potentially,
1: but look, I
0: I don't think that. They'd run him here if they didn't feel like it was it was a mind problem. It's not something I I don't want to categorically say. I feel like horse will be worse on a ground unless I've either heard the trainer say it or seen it myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess it's it's slightly been built into the price at 16s. It's not like I'm putting up a favourite with ground da- uh with ground doubts. You know, I think 16s is is fair for that to be taken into account.
1: Yeah. I understand, 16's a fair enough price, isn't it? Simple for you, though. Yeah, That's, uh, just appreciate various in what could be his, his last run.
0: Spanish mission, each way for me to hit the frame. Uh, the British champion sprint stakes, race throws up funny results, but we've got another shot here, Dream of Dreams. 15 to 8, 6 to 1, 1 Masters, 7 to 1, oxted, 10, Starman, 12, Art Power. Fourteens, Kate Byron and Glenn Shield, sixteen to one, Lope Fernandez, twenty to one, bar them. I mean, Jimmy, it's easy enough to see why Dream of Dreams is such a short-priced favourite for this.
1: Yeah, understandable, but once again, I'm, I'm just going to be a fool and look to take him on again. Um, this this race is a race that I have never ever. Ever had good form looking into it, or I don't think I've ever had the winner of it, uh, which is never really a positive. And um, like you said in, in the build-up to this, it's a confusing race to get your head round. You go back, see Labrissa Breeze uh, won this in 2017, and uh, Don Man triumphant last year was an even bigger surprise, I, I think, to most people. Um, and you look at the Tin Man, who's looking to win this race for, well, how many times is he running it now? Is, it, is this his sixth? Uh, he won the race in 2016 and he ran last weekend with credit and probably if he'd have got the gaps it would have been closer. But, I mean, Dream of Dreams hasn't done anything wrong really this season. Um, his second in the Diamond Jubilee was superb. Um, another stride and he would have got there. He blitzed the field in the Hungerford. He, it's almost as if he's just a new horse. Um, all these question marks that he'd always come late and never want to pass a horse. He showed in the Sprint Cup last time that he's completely, he's a changed animal. Um, he, he just kicked her away from Glenshield and I, I, was, I was impressed with that performance. Um, 15 to 8. Is that a good price? I don't think it. I'd, I'd be waiting till he goes a bit bigger, nine to four. If he does, um, however, what do you take him on with, Lou? Do you have any opinion on this?
0: I do. Look, I see why Dream of Dreams is is a short price. I think he's the likeliest winner. It's a funny race, and I would not like one to be backing a horse at sub two to one in this. Really impressive in the Sprint Cup. Okay, beating nothing in the Hungerford, but he bottled up there. Became very close to win their Diamond Jubilee. He's almost had a flawless season. Uh, one master runner-up in this last season. The stiff six plays to a strengths. Been in form all year. She should go well. And should Oxlade, who I'm surprised he's as big as sevens.
1: Yeah, I think it's because it's Roger Teal, And that's nothing against him. But I do think his horses always get priced up a lot bigger than what they should be.
0: He'd have gone a favourite for the July Cup. No, sorry, for the, uh, for the Sprint Cup, he won the July Cup. Yeah. And he'd have gone off favourite for the Sprint Cup had he ran. You know, look, Dream of Dreams was good that day, but the fact that he's coming back off a minor injury, I'm, I'm surprised he's that big, if I'm honest. I'd have had, you know, I wouldn't rule him out on sevens, and I don't think that's a poor bet, given no. that I, I think the form from the July Cup
1: then, he stacks up fairly well. Interesting, he has had wind surgery as well.
0: Yeah, but so this star man looks like a bit of a machine. Uh, hacked up in the Garaby stakes last time out, all his form on quick ground, though. Uh, that's where he's got to prove it. Time form I think he's mint. <laughs> time form of him is very, very good. Uh, he's a little bit of a joker in the pack, needs to. Prove it on the ground. Ah, Power not far off back to form in the Sprint Cup last time. Needs needs a little bit more here. Needs a career best. Good sprinter, though. Can't quite rule him out of the frame. Big ass for Kate Byron on his first start of the season. Would will need a career best. Van Shields being a bit of a revelation this year as well. Can see him hitting the frame. One I like at 2020 is for Paddy Toomey.
1: Bang on. That, four. Are we agreeing here? This is what I was just going to mention, but I'll let you take the glory.
0: Well, look, she's, she was with Mick Halford in the, in the course of the Aga Khan last season. Ended it winning at Leopardstown off a mark of 82. And since joining Paddy Toomey this season, she's just been a revelation. You know, one of this race on a first start, then took uh, a premier handicap off top weight off 102 at the Currer in July. Was only a nick behind Glen Shield in the Phoenix Sprint Stakes uh, on Phoenix Stakes Day back in August. And maybe on another day, maybe just got ran out of it late on, hit the front, maybe not a little bit too soon, but Maybe the button was pressed slightly too quickly. And last time out in the flying five, first time dropped down to five furlongs, given that she'd done all the racing at seven and six before. Absolutely rocketed home. Uh, Look, that was a bad group one. But she was the horse take out of it by a mile. She's improved every start this season. You know, Paddy Toomey and Billy Lee have, have got such a tune out of her. The step back up to six furlongs will suit her versatile ground-wise. I really like her, mate. And at 20 to 1, I don't think she's far off the best bet on Champions Day.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to suggest an at at an each-way price because it's not a race that exactly gets me excited. I'm probably... One master, we've seen her run over six and she ran second in this last year. She loves her heavy ground. Um, and, And we saw what she did in the... Uh, for a winning three in a row. And that's, I feel like that's her main target. And then they just go, oh, we'll just go for the champion sprint as well. Um, Oxdes, I don't know. I I want to see him do it, back it up again. Now, July Cup was a very impressive performance, but I'm still not of the opinion. I I can't be having Starman, Um, although he was impressive beating Dakota Gold, who we have to give a mention uh, this week who he, he won on Saturday, and then he, I think he ran uh, on Wednesday, Nottingham, if I remember, and he won. stakes, he won again. He's he's such a likable horse to go to Gold, um, just car, gallops straight from the front, keeps going, and is unstoppable. Love to see. Um, he beat him last time at York, and that, that's his stomping ground. That was a really good performance. You mentioned the ground is a, is an issue. I'm, I'd be willing to let that go. I think he might he might go on it. I've watched his action and it's not like he hits the ground, hits the surface hard. So I, I think he might get away with the ground. I just don't think he might not be good enough. Um, Art Power's been a frustrating and disappointing horse. I think last season we saw him in the Nunthorpe and he, he ran all right in the Sprint Cup, but I was I was disappointed. Would like to have seen him finish closer, um, but. He'll probably get beaten by Dream of Dreams again. And and you carry on going down. And uh, the one that is interesting is Sunela, like you said. Um, She kept on in the flying five over a distance that didn't suit her. Back up to six. Soft ground, she goes well in. We've seen her win uh, in soft ground before. Like you said, I think 20 to 1 is a fair price.
0: Yeah, agree completely, mate. Looks she's my selection for this race. At 21 to, to follow up Gulliver going in at twenty two
1: for us last week. Super piece of tipping there. Oh aye.
0: I'll be I've been will be doing alright in the handicaps this season. Uh, that's that's my selection though, mate. Where would you land?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm
0: gonna do this as A double twenty two one selection in a group one. Oh, this is what we're for. This could be the shout of the century. Watch uh, watcher finish last.
1: Uh, it can't be as bad as that double-nap. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul Sandonato, I think he's running somewhere on this card.
0: He is, he is. Let's see if we go double-nap him once again. Uh, 100 to 1 on, that we don't. Uh, the Kipco British champion, Phillies and Mare's Stakes. Uh, 72 best price, snowf- uh I'm going to say snowfall. <laughs> why snowfall on the bridge? <laughs> 72 best prize. Wonderful tonight. It's in front of me as well. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I've suddenly thought snowfall. I, I, I think it's because we didn't mention it.
1: <laughs> I don't know how we didn't. <laughs>
0: no. And it should have come to me. And it did come to me. But snowfall, as far as we know... Isn't isn't running in this. <laughs> uh, one tonight for seven to two. Nine to two De Malio, Can Ed Vaughan go out on a high. Five to one Antonio de Vega. Six to one even so Fourteen to one Medaille and Frankly Darling, same price. Gold won and thundering Knights. Sixteen to one Passion. Uh twenties Manuela de Vega and Laburnum Thirty three to one Cabaletta. Do you miss the race? I'm finding it a little bit hard to be enthusiastic about. I think Wonderful Tonight is a very beatable favourite, but I'm not particularly convinced by anything further down the betting.
1: Oh, I'm more excited for this race than the sprint. I I think I've got the key to this race. Uh, I'll let you go on, then. I think Ed Vaughn is going to bow out on a Group One winner, and it'll cap off the season beautifully with Holly Doyle winning a first Group One. Uh, and it's all just going to click into place and be beautiful. Um, I've been really impressed with Dame Malio this season, even though she has disappointed in, in uh, well, in the, the Park Hill. But I think that was a fairly decent enough race. And I think this is a, as group ones go for fillies and mares, I think this is a winnable one for her. Um, I thought she ran with a lot of credit in the Vermeer behind Tanawa, who we, who we saw back up. Winning on Arc Day in the Opera. Uh, and Bia and Rabia was in second, uh, who didn't run too badly in the Arc in the end. Um, she's beaten Wonderful Tonight in the Vermeer as well. Uh, even though I think Recency Bias has paid attention in this market and has pushed Wonderful Tonight to favouritism because of that. Um, Wonderful Tonight did win the the most pointless. Uh, race on Art Weekend in the Royal uh, l- 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 uh, that no one really cares about. Uh, well, apart from, to be honest, I backed the win, I backed the last time, so I- I'm not complaining. Um, that, was that Dutch again? <sighs> no more languages, please. <laughs> um, and Dame Malio, the way she goes, she's very keen, she's quite hard to control, but she just keeps galloping and I think if they allow her out on the front, I can only see really Antonio de Vega going forward Man- Manuela de Vega uh, sorry, not Antonio de Vega what, what, this really infuriates me the De Vegas, I know you like them but it really infuriates me um, Antonio de Vega can be ridden forward I don't think they, w- they will on that ground um, I think I just think dear Malia might be able to slip slip the field. She she won the Princess of Wales uh, Stakes, and I know that's that was a pretty crap renewal of that race, but she was impressive to see how keen she was, how hard she pulled in the ground, uh, and the way she going. And I, I feel like ninety two is a very very good price for a horse that has been wonderful tonight before.
0: Can't disagree with you on any of that, mate. Look, the Princess of Wales, as I say, it's a weak one for the level, but it's probably the best race won by any of these this season. You'd have probably liked to see her won the uh, Prevon Europa at Cologne, given what she was up against. You know, it wasn't... It's not a vintage European group won the first two home uh, domestic German animals, and they, they've both been beaten uh, since, as far as I'm aware. Did finish of Barney, Roy, that day. Worth mentioning that for a bit of a British form line. And then, yeah, like you said, the May was a good run. Tanawa and Rabiha. Huh? Well, Tanawa and Rabihau would both be favourites of this.
1: Yeah, Tanawa had absolutely hauls up in this.
0: So, no disgrace in finishing third for them. I exactly see why you like her. And you might have done enough to persuade me to be that's where I land. Wonderful tonight, it's a lovely filly, but she's a stayer. Yeah. The more rain, the better for her. Yeah, certainly. Uh, really, really likeable. I'm just not convinced that she's a... She, she might not have to be properly top-class to win this, to be fair. But I'd, I'd be hopeful there might be one or two better than her over 12 furlongs here. So... I'm against her as the fav. I do like Antonia De Vega. Jim. And she was she pulled well through with Alpinista last time. That might be the danger to Dame Malio. You know they were CFA clearly didn't give her running. But she battled well from Alpinista. Probably got well she got first running. I know her the sectionals boys I think that Alpinistra actually came out the best horse in that race. Uh, God, we can't be having It's a bad week for them, isn't it? The spreadsheet boys.
1: <laughs> that Both was hilarious.
0: They hate Enable. Uh, no, but the, the spreadsheet boys hate Antonia de Vega. Uh, well, they hate what she did last time, anyway. But she, she's really, really solid. Sixth in this race last year. It was a better renewal last season. Still. I'm not particularly convinced these loads between the 72 favourite and some of the ones down the betting at 14s. The Yorkshire Oaks was a alright race, frankly, darling. You'd like to have seen more from her, but a return to her Oxford, or a Ribblesdale win might be good enough. And Medaille's fascinating. You know, her fifth in the Champion Stakes last season. A run to a similar level. Might might be enough here. A little bit flat in the prince in the Prince of Wales's first time out. Admittedly, against a field of much better horses. I can't. I still. I still. You know, the Cheshire. The Cheshire Oaks is a hard race for me to forget when it comes to her, because she's not quite ever replicated it. But she looked so good that day, and there's been glimmers. There's been glimmers. <laughs> I think I think you're right that Dame Malio is the likeliest winner. But again, I might I might put up my die each way at fourteen to one. Back up in trip against her own sex in a p- p- potentially quite a weak field. Look, I don't I don't think she should be as big as she is. Mm. Uh, simple for you. A bit less simple for me. Uh, <laughs> as we, we move on to the 305. And um, this could be where we see the performance of the, of the day. Maybe the performance of the season. Palace Pier, best price 11 to 8 on to win the QE2. 9 to 2 last year's winner up the Revenant for France. 17 to 2 Circus Maximus. 12 Nazif. 18th Century Dream. 25 to 1 Loglitters, 33 to 1. Bar then. Is this a point and shoot job, Jim? It really
1: should be for Palace Pierre. He is the outstanding three-year-old this season, uh, over a mile. And he sort of come, I wouldn't say come from nowhere, because when it, we knew he was good as a two-year-old, but when he won the handicap as a three-year-old at Newcastle, we thought, uh, well, we could have a decent group race horse at our hands. And when he won the St. James's Palace, he surprised me, you know, because Pinatuba and Wichita Strong in there from the Guineas form, second and third all, all apiece and, and, and that's where they finished in the St James's Palace as well. Um, he won with plenty in the tank that day as well and I, I was impressed with him and he, he backed that performance up in the jacques um, I was I wasn't against him but I was, I was wanting him to show his performance again because that Group 1 win, I know it was impressive but I wasn't sure whether he'd be able to reproduce it again. And, and he did in, a, in what was a, a a very, very good race, Alpine Star, Circus Maximus, Persian King, all in behind. Um, we've seen Alpine Star run a cracker in the opera. Um, Circus Maximus always runs with credit. And Persian King, who we saw beat Pinatubo in the Mulan and then run an absolute storm in the arc. So the, the, the form of Palace Pair is rock solid. Um, One bookmaker's just gone 4-5, which is, thank you very much. Um, I think Palace Pé has got a a clear favourites chance, and I think he will be very hard to beat. Um, My only slight question mark is the ground, but I thought that the Mawar performance was soft-heavy in places, uh, if I'm being honest, so I I don't have that much to worry about. I I think he's a strong favourite. It'll be difficult to beat, but there could be some value had elsewhere.
0: I think he wins this. I think he's the best three-year-old in Europe. The market suggests he is. I mean... The Marat... Not far off the best performance we've seen in Europe this season. In terms of manner of victory and what he beat. In fact... It might be the one. The only ones I can think of potentially to rival it... Are... Gayath in the international and magical in the Irish champion. Yeah. Arguably Persian King as well. Uh, but look. Persian King got his ass under to him by Paul Pia. And I've I've put up horses at uh double finger prices for the first three races. I'm not doing here. I hope he wins. The Revenant is a worthy rival. He shouldn't make things easy for Palace Pier. And he'd be an up-to-scratch winner of this race. You know, went went on a bit of a mad sequence last season. Loves the soft ground. Perfect return on that Weekend. Admittedly, in a bit of a poor race for a group two couldn't have done anything more than he was asked to though. He merits the danger and Circus Maximus will be in the free because that's what he does.
1: Yeah, I, I remember seeing The Revenant run first time out at Haydock on a cold Thursday uh, afternoon in uh, in September and I was impressed by the scope and size of him. And he, uh, since then, he's, uh, like you said, he absolutely adores the soft ground and he did that day at Haydock, the custard was flying in behind <laughs> Um, and as you said, he's, he's been on a tremendous sequence last season. He had a lovely return on our weekend in the Wilderstein. Um, beat, beat beat what you would have expected him to beat, um, and he was second in the QE2 last season. You really couldn't rule him out of a place here, and I think nine to two if he goes out on the day to uh, fives or sixties, he could be a scummy uh, each way bet price yeah I
0: I don't particularly disagree with that mate uh, I find it all a little bit academic to be fair mate the nice to see Lord Glitters go well at 25 to 1 he's had a good season without winning uh, goes well at Ascot he might be an alright each way bet at a price but I think the market has, has it in the right order palace fear to beat the Revenant and Circus Maximus,
1: I do, but I also think there is a bit of value to be have, had a bit further down, um, and it's the three that have bumped into each other in handicaps this season with Dart Vision, Sabuska, and Mo- Mollatham. Um, they've they've all run with credit against each other. All so, well, not Mollatham. Sorry, I'm getting mi- mixed up with uh, Montatham. Dart Vision and Sabuska. Sorry. Um, They've ran against each other many times this season in handicaps and have just been shorting it a few times. And as much as Dark Vision was going to be this absolute beast, he's had a tremendous season this year, even though his three-year-old season was a bit of a flop. Um, But it wouldn't be Champions Day without a surprising result. and I think Dark Vision, you never know with him. And you saw his winning the Hunt Cup over that mile at Ascot. That really suited him. Really, whether this mile Ascot will suit him as well, I, th- I think, is the QE2 round the bend? I think the, the handicap was in a straight, uh, the hunk Cup was a straight, wasn't it? Um, Correct. I, th- I think the QE2 is around the bend, so maybe that might not be as much as to his liking. Um, but at 50s, you've certainly, they're massive prices, but I'm expecting far places. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sebuska ran into a place. Uh, he's been tremendous horse this season for William Knight, second in the Celebration Mile, uh, and the race just wasn't his in the Cambridgeshire funny race, that to be honest uh, but he's run well with credit everywhere he, his last return to Ascot was the Silver Royal Hunt Cup uh, and he won So I, I think that they're insulting prices at 50s to compare him to Roseman um, who I think should be double that price.
0: Fair enough, mate.
1: Palace pay for us both. Palace pay for us both, but if you're looking for a bit of value, uh, Revenant, Scumbaggy, each way, 5-1, to one if you can get it, and uh at a really, really large price.
0: The Champion Stakes, Jim, this is stacked at 3-4. A really good race, the best race of the day, in my opinion, 2-1, to one, Magical to defend her title 7 to 2 Mishriff what a season he's had first run in britain since guineas weekend 8 to 1 lord north 10s Adabes and the french raider skelette 14s pile driver and japan 18 to 1 serpentine 66 extra elusive 80s desert encounter and San Donato. jim start with a five magical the right favourite for this race, the one they've all got to beat?
1: Yeah, you'd have to say so. Um, I mean, the champion stakes, with a name and a race like that, you'd never want the field to disappoint, and it certainly hasn't here. There's top quality animals all around. Magical as the most consistent mare in training, barring an able uh, uh, counterpart. Um, who beat Geyarth last time in the Irish Champion Stakes, just kept galloping. A a different rider. It was a piece of Coolmore magic. Um, We saw them in the Judmont give Geyarth too much of a lead. They didn't uh, in the Champion Stakes. They kept her next to or alongside Geyarth. And she just kept finding more. And you know that she can stay a slight bit stronger. We've seen her run over a mile and four uh, in the past. Not to as much creditors that are over a mile and two but she just kept galloping and, and she's an absolute dream to ride I, I presume and two to one is a fair enough price but she is the one to beat but I do think there could be potential for horses to beat her as well
0: yeah look well, she's, she's made of granite consistently runs to around one two three one two four did something I didn't think any horse would do this season in turning Gaaf over. And really, I mean, that, that was a phenomenal effort given the early expenditure of energy she had to do to put it up to Gaaf and take him out of his comfort zone, you know, and then be as strong as she was at the finish. I'd love for her to win this. i would for her to it to win it? Yeah. And if it's her battling... All but one of the horses in the field, you know, in the final field, I'll be cheering Magical on. But in a race is competitive. I think there's a bit of value to be had.
1: Go on then. Where, where's your angle?
0: I'm going, Jim, uh, for the horse who she beat last year to turn the tables
1: a day at 10 to 1. We're on the same lines again. This this doesn't seem to happen very often. No, it doesn't, but (laughs) he loves Ascot. Best season
0: of his career. You know, one-two group, one's down in Australia, and I know we all like to laugh and go out at the Aussies rubbish. I mean, very elegant, who he beat both times down there. He's not far off their best middle-distance performer. You know, he's a group... He won a Group 1. The ty- You know, the time after a day beat him twice. The horse he beat in third uh, in the Queen Elizabeth at Randwick is on Premium, who's a Japanese horse who, you know, was only beaten by Almond Dye in the 10 show last season. Beat Liz Gracieux, you know, who, who ended up being an absolutely monstrous horse in Japan and then in Australia. Uh, last season as well, in a group two. It's, it's top-class international form, because he's done it in Australia, and I think we kind of have a perception in, his, in this end that, you know, or because he's beat the Aussies, it was practically a group three. No, it was a better race than that. It was a better race than that. Uh, he was workman like air last time out, but he did what he needed to do. And it was a stepping stone towards this, the more rain that comes, the better for him. He's a horse who has just improved, and at ten to one, there's only three quarters of a length for him to make up from Magical last season. It's not very much. And it's I not think very much, be- and he's, and like and he's you five said, times he's better,
1: the price. He's a better horse than what he was last season. Yes, he was, Yes, he is definitely,
0: and it's five times the price to make a length up.
1: Yeah, I think I- he can do it. I, I certainly think he can as well. I, like you said, you've given you've made a very good case for him. I think he's twice the horse he was last season and to finish second in this. And he'd had a good season last year as well. Let's not forget that. Um, three quarters of a length to make up on Magical. Uh, he's ridden more prominently now and he was held up last year. it would be interesting to see how they ride him. They've, they've seen him dominate from the front and be uh, sat behind the pace. Like you said in that doom cycle, it wasn't a very good race, but he showed me a lot there. It's almost like he'd forgot what to do, and then he realised at the two furlong pole, "Oh yeah, I'm a racehorse. Let's get going!" Uh, and he, he he really kicked on in the end and, and, and put the race to bed within a matter of strides. Um, Tom Marquand gets on very well with him, and like you said, I think ten to ones certainly the value in this, uh, even though the two Gosden horses you certainly can't underestimate. Um, Mishriff was, well, going into this season was sort of not really known about, to be brutally honest, wasn't he? Uh, only picked up his maiden performance at Nottingham uh, towards the end of the season in, in in November. But then, since then, has come back with flying colours. He shocked everyone in the Newmarket stakes. Um, everyone, everyone's eyes were on the other Gosden horse. and uh, Mishrif just kept finding out in front and um, he, he won comfortably in that and then he's been in France the last two times and I think maybe the perception of people not appreciate him as much because he won but he won the Prix de Jockey Club in the in the derby uh, French derby impressive and his his victory at Dorville was even well it was it, it didn't just get the job done he, he put the race to bed decisively um, the summits and Victor Lodorum are fairly solid French group-raced animals, and he beat I them... thought that was a summit, hasn't he? Has he? That's interesting. He has, uh, as far
0: as I'm aware.
1: I didn't know that. Um, they're solid. I think, is Victor Lodorum retired? Or have I made that up? Or is that I, Earthlight? What, Earthlight has retired. I don't if he
0: did as well, to be fair.
1: Yeah. Um, but Misriff uh the three-year-old facing his elders in this you certainly won't put him past him improving him once again and uh, getting the weight allowance will certainly help him and lord north a horse that i've not really had a lot of time for in, in his career and that's nothing against him but um lewis you've been strong on him quite a few times um and he's rewarded you with plenty um his, his victory at Ascot in the Prince of Wales was impressive. I wanted to see him do it again or run fairly well uh, in the judmont but he didn't quite get enough. he beating a one and a quarter length in the end by Magical to finish second, and Geath was obviously in front. Um, however, I, I can't be having Lord North in this. I'm, he's not a horse that's necessarily captured my imagination, and I can have two points bigger with a Dave with a horse who you know what you're going to get with him.
0: Yeah, I like Lord North. I respect him, but I don't see any reason why he should turn the form around with Magical. Re-watched one today, and I think he was done fair and square. And I think the Prince of Wales has looked. He's done a day fair and square there as well. Soft the ground. Lord North's quicker, quickener, isn't he? Yeah. His turn of foot's his potent weapon, weapon. And I'm just not sure where there he was able to sprint away from a group of horses who don't have his turn of foot. This might be different this time, you know, because Ma- Magical can go through the gears. You mm-hmm. know, a jade can go through the gears. Mishwith travels very well on the bridle. You know, it's, I respect Lord North. I just don't see, I, I don't see where he gains the lens over Magical. Uh, the French horse, Jim Scaletti, another winner from Ark Weekend. What do you make of him? What do you know about him?
1: Um, i've 've seen quite a few of his performances this year because i've watched more French racing than usual um, however he he does need to step up again he does love the soft ground which is a, is a massive positive for him here um He's rattled off eleven career wins out of fourteen starts, which is something you cannot disagree with um and he beat Patrick Sarsfield last time. He put the race to bed fairly comfortably, travelled into the race with supreme ease and kicked away to beat a, an average group three horse uh, in Ireland in, in Patrick Sarsfield. Um, he beat an average
0: group three horse in his race before that as well.
1: What sort us? <laughs> yes, the arcs are fraud. Um, but Scaletti... I don't think he needs to improve that much to be in the placings. Um, but I'm, I'm not seeing... I've not seen him put... Uh, this, this is probably the best race he's been put into. Uh, and he'll need to improve again, but I don't think there's that much improvement in him. Uh, I know he's a five-year-old and he's probably at the best of his abilities at this moment in time. But the softer ground, uh, the better for him. That will certainly suit him.
0: Japan, Jim... Uh, for the first time in what feels like forever, doesn't have Ryan Moore on board. Colin Keane, this time, takes the ride. In fact, the first time since last year's derby when Wayne Lorden rode him. Uh, he's 14 to 1, it's Japan, so he'll go off sevens and he'll get his ass under to him yet again this season. Uh, he is a group free horse. touchboard I could look very silly after that but I just see not a single thing to like about anything Japan has done this year
1: (laughs) you've never been his greatest fan
0: I said at the start of the season we were going to win the arc as well I went from really not liking him as a three year old I was staggered he won the judgment and I became a believer after the arc I turned around and thought yeah you're right Aidan was right he's just a slow a slow burner we finally got to the bottom of him and then it turns out, no, last year's Judd Monk wasn't very good. Last year's Act was even worse. And he's,
1: he's a horse who is just so one-paced. Uh, pile you driver. You sound really beaten up with yourself there.
0: I don't mind admitting when I was wrong. And the, but the thing that winds me up was that I was right at first, and then I changed my mind to being wrong. <laughs> and he'll go and win, and I'll, have t- and I'll be wrong again. <laughs> Uh, Pile driver drops five furlongs in trip. Can you see why they're doing it?
1: Uh, yes, perfectly logical. This, uh, well, this this should have been the real aim for him all season. I, I've got him down mile and two, mile four horse. Uh, we saw him last run over a mile and two, got touched off in that classic trial. Uh, but he's a completely different horse since then. He's a horse I've got a, a lot of time for. And I, I do think that four may underestimate him in this. Um I think he certainly shouldn't he doesn't deserve to be the same price as Japan. Let's just say that. He just got tired later on. <laughs> <end>, <laughs> like,
0: like like it's an insult to be considered as good a horse as Japan nowadays. It is
1: like I feel he, I'd feel insulted he for serpentine to be a shorter price uh, to be a bigger price than Japan. That's a right kicking the teeth. Um But he he, he just got wobbly legs later on, he was just tired. Uh he's quite a keen going sort anyway and that distance certainly wouldn't have suited him but that great voltage of win was impressive carrying the penalty group 2 performance uh, group 1 performance in a group 2 race if you can find anything like that again uh you've certainly got to be getting involved because I do think there's quite a bit of a Mishriff pile driver how much do you think Mishriff's better than pile driver and if so by how far
0: uh, on form we know so far, yes. But at the prices, I can see why you'd be tempted by a pile driver. Domestically, his form is the best of any British trained middle distance 3 three-year-old colt this season. But the boat vaulted to, to bed very well, won the King Edward very well. The derby was unnecessary.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so I take no... Absolutely no interest in the fact that he finished down the field in the Derby because it could have happened to any horse the way that race panned out. Uh, yeah. I, I understand your argument. I understand why Mishriff is so much shorter than him because the Guillermo de, de Nano was a demolition job of horses who would probably be, you know, two of the best five three-year-olds in France. This season. I understand that. <laughs> but Piledrivers' form of been coming in races we know a little bit more about, and I agree that he sh- should be shorter than 40 to 1.
1: Yeah, I do think his price is insulting.
0: And what about the derby winner, Serpentine? Were you happy with what he did at Longshot last time? Um,
1: yeah, I was. Uh, I thought he was caught in a bit of a Funny race, to be honest, that set up for Mogul more than uh, Serpentine. Uh, We saw that Noble Prize went off a fair clip, and we saw Serpentine in the derby get an easy run of it, whereas he sort of sat back a bit, Christoph Sumi, and and let Noble Prize go on. Um, He certainly felt the burn late on over a mile and four. Dropping back to a mile and two, I don't think he'll have an issue with. Uh, I think he's got plenty of speed. Uh, We've seen him win as well over a mile and two. Uh, in that maiden early on his career, uh, which I think I, I think Serpentine, there's a lot in this that, as much as you you keep making a case for one that you think's got a cracking pr- a chance, but then you keep finding them at, at even bigger prices, and you even think that they've got a cracking chance. I think William Buick will suit Serpentine more than any any other jockey that would be chosen to ride him uh, as he's jocked up, but uh, because I think. His front-running tactics, we've seen him this year on Gay Arth. And, um, and all of his riding. I think he dictates the sectional so well, uh, and I think he'll get on really, really well with Serpentine. Uh, and I can see him going forward.
0: But both with a Dave, though.
1: Yeah, a Dave ten to one cracking price. Lump on.
0: Happy days, we love that. Uh, a big handicap to solve, then Jim. To round off the card, it is the Balmoral, and the best price is 5-1 to one for Ryek. Eight Tempest, probably the most successful member of the Turf top 12 this season, so well done to Owen Johnson. Hey,
1: hey Japan is out on Saturday. I, I can repeat, Satono Japan is out on Saturday, Lewis. He wins. Well, you'd be disappointed if he doesn't. We've been waiting... All season for him to, to reappear and he's entered at 8.30 Wolverhampton, which is exactly where you want him to be.
0: He should win. I look a right mug. I look a right mug if I say I fit horse might be group on quality. And then we wait till practically Charlie <laughs> all weekend for him to get beaten a novice around Wolverhampton. But at least I know my horse exists.
1: <laughs> Convict's still behind bars, I think.
0: No, I, I'm looking forward to it, mate. He's got uh, Takeria, who's a who's uh, a winner of John Gosden's, up against him. They've got to give weight all around the pair of them uh, for being the only two winners in the race. I'd be gutted if he couldn't do that. Uh, no, <laughs> back to the Balmoral. Uh, Keats and King Otica, 9s. 11s, Njord. 12s, Raising Sand, because of course. 14s, Bellrock, River Nymphs. 16, Orban and Blue Mist. Kimron's not favourite this time, he's 18-1, to 1, same price alternative fact, 20s bar then. We love a big handicap at it to solve, Jim. Where are you landing?
1: Well, you mentioned it early on that your form in these handicaps has been rock solid and a lot better than mine this season, but I'm hoping to end uh, with a bit of a bang, uh, and that will be River Nymph, 14-1, um, to 1, I think it's a decent enough price. Um, He was joint favourite with Raising Sand for the... What was the... Is it the International that was last month that was postponed? Um, He was joint favourite with Raising Sand, as I mentioned. Uh, But he ran really well, and it was impressive in his two victories. All about... He's gone up uh, £17 for that performance. Uh, Then two performances. uh, One over... Course at uh, Ascot beating Walharn and Tiger Crusade, uh, and then at Newbury beating Tracky and Daniel and Trackey since run a cracker bumping into your beautifully priced 20 to 1 price winner uh, Gulliver last weekend. Uh, I think the form's fairly solid enough. He has gone up in the weights a lot, but I feel like this three year old's going the right way, and I think 14 to 1's a fair enough price about him. Uh, He did the business on soft ground last time. Uh, even though a lot of his form is on good ground, that's not a worry for me. I think fourteen to one is a fair enough price, and he's very well. He's more unexposed than most of these, and I think that's a fair enough price.
0: Can't argue with much of that, Jim. I'm going down the market again. I'm going for one at twenty-five. Here Can we go. complete another big handicap plot? And I'm going. So the horse on handicap debut, Ropey Guest.
1: Ooh. Ooh, interesting.
0: Off, off a mark of 103, some of his form is really, really decent. You know, and I know he's been a horse who's been hard to win with. The fourth in the jersey looks pretty decent. You know, going back to a two-year-old, third in the autumn states, when he finished ahead of Malatham that day. finished ahead of Johan, who we know's you know, a one hundred plus horse nowadays. Ran a good race, you know, behind Al in the Pat Edry stakes. Going all the way back to finishing second in the co- uh, finishing sixth in the Coventry. You know, he's not he's not a mile off golden horde fret Arizona. You know, I think a hundred and three is just a little bit of a gift for him. On a handicapped debut he got spanked by Alsa Hale at Newmarket prior to him is winning a Mickey and Mouse race at, at Chelmsford. That was just there really to get him off the mark, you'd assume. But again, he's not not being far away from Mystery Power, his form linking quite closely with. In general, he uh, he finished ahead of Mystery Power in the Jersey. <sighs> Handicap debut. I just think he's he's on a fairly lenient rating. You know, George Marderson's done well with horses in these Ascot handicaps in the past. You know, I remember growing up, you excellent guests. An imperial guest tended to turn up in similar sorts of races quite often. And I don't think he should be 25s.
1: No, like you said, I, I do think it is a bit of an insulting price for him. Um, it's mad that his handicapped debut and he has been underestimated in the market, although his form is rock solid. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd 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 be hoping. Well, I'd be hoping we see him on a on a good day. You know, he's. I don't I don't think he's inconsistent, and I don't think he's hard to win with in terms of a uh, that there's anything actually wrong with him. It's just been that the Madison team do campaign them like if they think they have a group three off, they just continuously run them in group threes. The fact that they actually went to Chelsea and won with him last time out is a bit is a little bit unlikely. Yeah. In general, unexposed off his mark, he's, he's finished ahead of horses who would be who would Noah group class. He's 25 to 1 on handicap debut. Really like that as a bet.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that's fair enough. Another one at a massive price for me at 33 is, is Greenside. Um, he won at Haydock on the soft over seven furlongs um, early on in the season. Uh, and last season he creeped up the handicap running in some nice races uh, he finished ninth in this race last season off a rating of 98 he's three pound higher this year um, but he gets the help of Marco Giani who takes five off his back uh, the henry candy yard have been running really well of recent weeks uh, which is good to see and he ran last time over six furlongs in that Gulliver race that i mentioned um, and He ran with a lot of credit, to be honest. He he kept him galloping towards the line. I know he's a nine-year-old, but he's been running fairly consistent. I think 33 is a bit of an insult, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, fair enough, mate. Before we get to our RTR naps, Jim, uh, has anything over the jumps impressed you this week? Um,
1: At Weatherby on, was it Wednesday? I was really impressed with Sham. Sham Blue uh, in that novices chase. I thought he jumped really, really well. Um, star won as well the other day. I was um, I was a bit more positive than most pe- people were as well. Um, there was a lot of negativity around for Star which I thought was slightly unfair, uh, but I thought he ran well enough. Um, oh, has anything else caught my eye? Uh, it was disappointing not to see Fiddler on the Roof come out last week at Chepstow, but the ground was obviously too fast. Um, Secret Investor jumped beautifully throughout the race. I was impressed with the way he jumped. Um, other than that, no, but I'm sure you've got a long list of horses that you thoroughly enjoy jumping.
0: Brilliant, yeah. I love the Persian War meeting. I think it's the most underrated meeting of the season. Uh, Look, well, there were lots of really nice performances. Time-like sort of horseshoe, You can see you going more in the Greatwood. Good to see him win first time up. McFabulous is as short as 14 to 1. We'll talk about him more on our actual jump season preview. Flicky finally won, and he won twice this week. He's a nice one, retains novice status this season. Soaring glory could be very, very good. Uh, very cosy winner from Brave Man's game at Chepstow. The veterans chase was the best race I've seen in months and most I've enjoyed it. A <laughs> nose between the first three, present man, getting up to beat Cross Park and Dancing Shadow. The first two would now be on the mark that I'd get him into the National if they wanted to. And there's you first mention uh, of the week of the Grand National. Um, hell Red. I mean, Paul Nichols, three-year-old at Chepstow, sent off odds on favourite, did exactly what you'd expect Hard to read into what a, you know, how good any juvenile is at this stage, but you've got one there who's clearly above average. And at least in the short term, you'd expect to see him back for, back at Chepstow in December for the grade one. Uh, we thought Secret Invested with the Native River. He did. Be interested to see where they go next. Cause I'm, he'd be on a sort of mark now where there's something like a Hennessy. He wouldn't be far off top weight, whether they'd want to go up in trick again. Or drop him back down for something like a Paddy Power. He might be a hard horse to place off marks higher than 153, which he won from. Nevertheless, likeable animal. Uh, Gonson C, another horse I've got a lot of time for. Good to see him uh, win again. They'd like to see him in an Arkle probably this season. Barring Shishkin on paper, it doesn't look like the best British bunch of Novice Chasers. He could pick up Group 2s. Maybe even a bad group one. Uh, that's actually a little bit harsh to say. Uh, to be a bad group one for him early this season. Expect him to pick up those sort of races though before having a tilt at the Arkle. Uh, and if he gets beaten in those sort of races, probably the Grand Annual. T. Click was a, a nice handicap prospect. Got the job done well in the Silver Trophy. Again, you can see him being ahead of his mark. Uh, good for that. Master Tommy took a turn over by Aldancer. If I felt needed this trip, I'm not surprised that we saw an improved version of him. Never particularly convinced by him over two miles. I like him more over this distance. Again, he'll be rated in the mid 150s now. A bet Victor,
1: maybe. That, that's what I was thinking. I thought he'd be really interesting in a bet Victor.
0: Same card at Newton Abbott. Good novice chase, won by El Dorado Allen. Again, he's not f- far off. His- I guess he's kind of in the second rank of the betting for the Arkle now. Absolutely fallen, so on chase debut, turning over Stormy Island. Stolen silver back in third, deep race for the grade. And a really, really fine start for the Colin Tizard horse. Huntingdon, we saw a really decent winner of their opening novice hurdle as well in Prince Escalus for the John Joe O'Neill and John Joe O'Neill combination.
1: For John as- Joe O'Neill
0: and John Joe O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. Uh absolutely ran away with it. Thirty three to one. He was beaten on his only start in a bumper last season by your Darling who he turned over He was far too keen on this occasion. On that occasion, he was keen again here at Huntingdon, but God he made it look easy, he never looked like he was working. That looked like a good novice hurdle, perfect uh, perfect myth. Who was second had won twice already this season and we know about your Darling, a horse who had a fair bit of talk about him as a bumper animal. Last year. Uh, I enjoyed the Bobby Renton, Weatherby card as well. And we saw some nice horses there. Like you said, Chamblou. Wasn't Fav Champagne well was Fav to beat him overnight. And I thought that market was wrong. It corrected itself in the morning. Chamblou well supported. And that fairly hacked up. I can see him. I wouldn't rule him out of being competitive in grade ones this season.
1: That's what I was thinking. English grade ones will be right up his street. Silly Isles. Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: I liked him as an obvious hurdle last season and felt he was a little bit underappreciated. Fairly consistent and it took good ones to beat him. Uh, looked like he'd make a chaser and he definitely has. That was a deep enough race with Repetition and Champagne well, well beaten. Uh, we saw Asuka Honeybee, 10th in the champion bumper and a winner on a couple of occasions prior to that. He got the job done on Hurdle's debut from Ashtown Lad. Ashtown lad obviously got his arse handed to him by Glynn. So it's another form boost there for the greatest horse in training. Uh, Probably even better though in that second division was Valérez in the double green of uh, Isaac Swade and Simon Maneer. In uh, Alan King's yard, well on his sole bumper start point winner and never really came off the bridle. Uh, to win what looked a pretty decent Nobby Surdle he's a half brother to Montbazon who was a good horse a couple of years ago he looks a lovely prospect Ireland the Irish daily mirror chase is always a good race the sort of race I enjoy because almost everything ends up in the Grand National the storyteller got the job done there he probably will go for the Grand National this season not sure he bought the trip but look that's the sort of race he can farm He's, a, he's back to his best now. He's probably a, about a good one 6 animal. Uh, I'm glad to see him running well again. 2A per me again. Another horse who, who I'd like to see in a national. Same about Alpha Zobolo, Slightly disappointed about him. That's about it, national corner for me. He didn't have much to do. To win his maiden hurdle, he was fifth in the champion bumper. Uh, like you said, Star. The task was fairly simple for him. Uh, I don't get why people were slating it. It, it, it was simple. And he, he, he could afford to be a little bit not quite rapid at some of his fences, given his superiority to his opposition. And Pic Dory runs. On Saturday, he makes his anticipated chasing debut at Market Raisin, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that'll be a good one for him to see. He takes on Lepatria, who ended up last season in the champion hurdle. Uh down and notre Parry give a little bit of depth to that race as well. All horses rated above one three five. Decent little novice chase there. Rattled through.
1: I, th- I think you've covered the whole of the national season so far there.
0: I've not even mentioned that stolen silver, sorry, silver streak is back out on a Sunday in the race last year listed hurdle at Kempton. Looking forward to it. Rating the races, nap time.
1: Oh, um, I don't know why I acted so surprised then that um, I wasn't expecting it to happen Because
0: um, you, you were just expecting me to carry on Talking about jumping horses for the next 20 minutes
1: You had me thinking that few, I, I was thinking Fuso Raffles entered in that hurdle As well, you made, you made me think um, Nap of the weekend We're not going Short prices, we're going, we're going to go for it Because I could quite easily put Palace Bear as my nap and Shadow Aries As my next best, but no We're going De Malio um, nap of the weekend in the in the Phillies and mares. We'll go Adabe next best in the champion, and we will go um, Sanela as the reserve in the sprint.
0: I don't want to because it'd probably be a short price, but I think it's wrong if I don't nap Soton or Japan. <laughs> Given that I've waited six months for him to turn up. <laughs> I'll make up for it with my next best, so which will be Sunela, At 22 on to win the British Champion Sprint, and like you, I'm going to put a day book as my reserve in the three. So we've got so we've got two of the same three.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and to be honest, this podcast we've done a lot of agreeing. We both we both agree that Palace Pier should win. Um, so, I, I think, and you, you've talked yourself, well I've talked you into back in dear Malio, so I, I think, it, it, in my head it could be a superb weekend, and by half oh, four on Saturday afternoon, I will be crying.
0: Hopefully with joy lad. Hopefully <laughs> with joy. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to Turf Talk. We are just getting the last few submissions to the Turf Talk 12 over to us, so hopefully we'll be recording our jump season preview at some point early next week. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Cause I cannot wait. I'm writing uh, a Gold Cup preview for what are the odds, and I've just been watching replays of staying Chasers for the last hour and a half. And to be honest, I had to kind of get in the zone to talk about flat racing again. <laughs> uh. Uh, but thanks to thanks to everyone for listening, thanks to rating the ratings for the support, uh, and we'll see you all again soon. See you soon, stay safe.